Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 7 Episode 13. What do you say? 13? 13. It's Season I 7. I mean, how, how is the time gone? We should definitely think about starting a new season soon. <laughs> My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And we've been so busy talking about the new, uh, exciting new Linux-based phone, the Pine yes. phone, uh, that I haven't even uh, asked you what uh, media we're talking about. Oh, evening. okay. Okay, so, so tonight we're talking about a movie. A movie, and uh, the title of the movie is... A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. I feel like that's a quote from something. It, well, yes, it is. It is a quote. Okay. It is a quote. Um, <laughs> however, uh, in keeping with um, Pod's recently, yeah. <laughs> I have some any, any other business. It's the, it's the bi-weekly death forecast. Yes, death, no, death no, notices. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's been two weeks since we did the last one, um, uh-huh. and some people have died since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> uh, I think, you know, fairly happily, in this case, a couple of people who've been around for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so first up, we've got Ennio Morricone, who uh, who was an Italian film composer, mm-hmm. orchestrator, conductor, and a trumpet player. Okay. Um, he wrote over 400 scores for cinema and television, mm-hmm. which is quite something, as well as over well. 100 classical works, or orchestral works, as I think some people like them to be called. Mm-hmm. Um, and his score to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly from 1966 is considered one of the most influential soundtracks in history. Any films that we've done on that list? No, actually, there wow. aren't. Oh, yes, there are. Yes, I'm sorry, there are. So um, a film that scored quite highly in our 30 best horror movies of the 20th century was The Thing. Right, yes, yes. Which is probably one of his least bombastic scores in, in that, not a lot happens. It's quite also quite electronic. Okay, so when so you, you say is it yeah. is it not that not so good as well, or just not so bombastic? No, it's fantastic. Okay, it's okay. it's really stripped back. Mm-hmm. It's very in keeping with the austere setting of the thing. You know, the, the Antarctic setting. Mm-hmm. It's stripped back. Um, it's all about the atmosphere and the tension, rather than building bombast bombast, which is bombast. You know, one of his things. Right. I mean, I like um, bombast. So yeah. yeah, I do as well, but I don't. Mm. I don't think it would have suited the thing. Okay. Okay. At all. <clears throat> I think my favourite. <clears throat> I think the thing is probably one of my favourites. I think my other favourite of his is a fistful of dollars, which was um, the first of the dollars, the so-called dollars <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> I think everybody calls it that. To be honest. Right. Yeah, um, I only know about the Dead series, not the okay, Dollar series. Yeah, um, same thing though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that's my favourite of his in terms of the the kind of really innovative way he's using instruments on that. Mm-hmm. Is okay, it's fantastic. So some other movies that he has scored. Uh, we've also got <clears throat> uh, Cinema Paradiso. Disclosure in the Line of Fire, Bullworth, Ripley's Game, The Hateful Eight, which was probably his last really big movie. I like those Ripley things. Yeah. Um, actually, Ripley's Game is good. Is that the one where um, he's holed up in the big house? Yeah, that's the one with um, Malkovich. Malkovich. Oh, I love John Malkovich. As, as Ripley. It's very effective. It's yeah. good. It's a good film. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I do also like the um, one with Jude Law. Yes. That's very good. Yes, I mean... And, uh, Matt, and Matt Damon. It yeah. doesn't have John Malkovich in, but yeah. No, I mean, Malkovich is a legend. It's got that, Malkovich has got that kind of slippery intensi- intensity that you want from Ripley. Yeah, he brought um, that whole thing alive for me. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, other notable things, Once Upon a Time in America, uh, The Mission, The Untouchables. That's a good score, actually. Right. Remind me whether Bugsy. I should see The Hateful Eight. Um, if you well, you're a bigger fan of Tarantino than, than I am, I think. Yeah. So I think I think probably yes. Okay. Yeah, I I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed uh, Django Unchained, which I thought was 
rubbish, frankly. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not deliberately avoiding Hateful Eight, so I'll continue not deliberately avoiding it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I didn't hate it. I okay. just didn't really like it that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Ennio Morricone, bit of a legend. Uh, mm-hmm. The other bit of a legend is um, Carl Reiner, who is... Um, who was an actor and screenwriter and uh, film director, uh, probably best known for being the father of Rob Reiner, or at least to me, anyway, Rob Reiner, who made a string of hit movies in the 1980s. Such um, as? So, well, it, it, let's uh, think about a roll call. So we got, this is Spinal Tap. Ah. When Harry Met Sally. Right. A Few Good Men. Right, these are things That's, I've heard of the, very much. These are good movies. You know, and Rob names. Reiner was a pretty um, prolific director during the 80s and mm-hmm. made a string of very, very successful movies. But Carl Reiner was his dad. Okay. And he was busy during the early 80s uh, writing and directing movies such as Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which is a um, Steve Martin movie. I feel like you've mentioned that before. I think I may have done. Uh, also, The Jerk, which was, I think, Steve Martin's movie, lead movie debut, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. Uh, just looking at his director. Uh, the Man with Two Brains was his. All of Me was his. Uh, very talented guy, Carl Reiner. So, yeah, he has also sadly died. Mm. Yeah. So, there we go. Legends are passing. We salute them. <laughs> And we move on. We salute you. Um, the uh, so I we skip past the part where I guess the plot of the movie. Because okay, so do you, want, do you want it again? Do you want the movie title again? I'd like or, the title um, again, but I'm not <laughs> going to guess the plot. Okay, so the title is "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. That do you sounds have like for um, me? sounds like Guns and Roses lyrics. Uh, are you talking about "Welcome to the Jungle"? Yeah. That's not, Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, which is really good. <laughs> um, I don't have a movie plot for you, sorry. Okay. Um, so this is a 2019, so almost bang up to date. Oh, wow. Uh, Again. American, I know, American biographical drama film directed by Mariel Heller and written by uh, Mika Fitzman Blue and Noah Harpster. And it's inspired by the 1998 article, Can You Say Hero? by Tom Junod, which was published in Esquire magazine. It's a, is, it, is this article a story? or uh, The article is about somebody Okay. in the magazine. So the film stars Tom Hanks, Matthew Reese, Susan Kelechi, Watson and Chris Cooper. And it depends it depicts Lloyd Vogel, who's played by Matthew Reese, who is a troubled investigative journalist who works for Esquire. And he is assigned to profile television icon Fred Rogers, who's played by Tom Hanks. Do you know who Fred Rogers is? Is it a real person? Yes. No, I don't. So this, this, is, a char- this is a man uh, who, on his TV show, is, is referred to as Mr. Rogers. I don't know if you've heard of Mr. Rogers. No. So... Okay, so I, I was start I was from the vague, beginning. <laughs> I was vaguely aware of Mr. Rogers. He, I don't think I don't think we ever got his TV show okay. in this country. Okay, but it's a kids show, um, in which uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, talks directly to camera. Mm-hmm. So he addresses the viewers, the, the the children who are watching, and he he asks them questions or talks about things and leaves a gap in his sentences, for, for children to respond. Okay, that's so annoying. I hate that. Okay, so you're <laughs> already not on board with, with I mean, this. I hate a lot of things. Yeah, you, you, you are, you are a hater, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's very gentle. Right. It's, it's very good-hearted and very sweet and mm-hmm. probably not at all in keeping with how things are done these days. Mm-hmm. Are we going to find out think, awful things about Mr. Rogers? Is that where this is going? I'll come to that. Okay. I'll come to that. So, um, uh, so Vogel is, doesn't want the assignment. He says, I'm an investigative journalist. Why do I have to go and talk to this TV host? Okay. And the editor says, look, 
it'll be good for you, okay? Maybe you'll learn something by talking to him. Mm-hmm. Just just go and do it, you know. Okay. So um, he goes along. He's not happy. Um, and But Fred Rogers, who's a very astute man, a good reader of people, mm-hmm. he immediately realizes that something is very wrong in Lloyd Vogel's life. Okay. But let's let's wind back for a moment. So okay. at the beginning of the film... This is already sounding see, much more interesting than I thought it was. It is very interesting. So at the beginning okay. of the film, we see the TV show of Won't You Be My Neighbour, which is the name of the show. Uh, we see it beginning. Mm-hmm. So we see Fred Rogers, who's played by Tom Hanks, entering the set. So he opens the door and he speaks to camera. He says, it's a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Won't you be my neighbour? And he changes his jacket and he walks across the set and he sits down. And, and behind him is like a, a a set with some doors on it. And he opens the top door. And inside the top door, there's a picture of Lloyd Vogel, played by Matthew Rhys, who's got a black eye and a broken nose. And he says, this is my friend Lloyd. Pause. Lloyd's, so- Lloyd's very angry. And then he says to camera, have you ever been angry about something? Listener, you are really missing out on uh, on Andy's <laughs> gesturing. He, he opened um, the door, he pointed, he was yep, all kinds pointed. of stuff. <laughs> it's all wasted here, basically. I'm really just performing. Just, yeah, picture picture the, the scene. Picture it. Picture I'm it. enjoying it. So so this is so how the movie angry. starts. Okay, so, uh, so. He's very angry. But but what's mm-hmm. interesting is is that the the show of Won't You Be My Neighbour becomes a part of the movie. Okay. Um, so we see Lloyd's life kind of play out in the show, mm-hmm. which is really interesting, quite surreal. So is it so, is it really happening or is it just a way of... It's a way of telling the story. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so the show also has um, like a big, uh, like trains, well not trains, like a cityscape with mm-hmm. cars and trains mm-hmm. and things in. So we see Lloyd's journeys across the country are played out in this set. <laughs> so when he takes an aeroplane to go and see his dad, or uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, actually no, he takes an aeroplane because he works in New York, but but won't you be my neighbour is shot in Pittsburgh, so they have to fly to get there. It's starting to remind me of that film where there were no sets and you just had to pretend. Uh, Dogville. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that. There's plenty Good. of sets. There's plenty of sets. Although I did, I really enjoy Dogville. I know, but I don't think I could bear it. Okay. No, okay. No, this, I'm, not, I'm not sure I could watch it again, but I did enjoy it. This film will keep my attention because it's got a children's uh, model of a city instead of just nothing, so it's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. the children's model of a city is quite beautiful. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's fast. So we, I told you about the beginning and mm-hmm. the way that it weaves the, the TV show into the story. Okay, so we're not supposed to think that that really happened in the show, even though it's no. a real show from real history. Absolutely. No, we're not supposed to think that. No. Okay, it's just a way of explaining to us. Okay, fine. Okay, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, okay. Um, so we then discover what it is that... Well, we start to discover... He says he doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And he says to his wife... Uh, you know, I really don't want to go. You know, it's, I don't think it would be good uh, because I'll have to see my dad. Mm-hmm. And his wife says, well, maybe it would be good. Maybe it would be good for you to see your dad. Um, can you guess what happens? <laughs> he gets into a fight with his dad? <laughs> You're absolutely on the money, yeah. Okay, okay. So <clears throat> his dad is drunk mm-hmm. at this wedding. Although it isn't his dad. That he, no, his dad does hit him and his brother-in-law hits him as well. Oh, so he gets two for, a twofer. Gone. He shouldn't have gone. He gets a twofer. Mm-hmm. His wife is just, she doesn't know what to do because, um, you know, he's been beaten up at, at his sister's wedding by his father and his brother-in-law. She doesn't, she wants to, she wants him to make peace with his father. Mm-hmm. But she sees that there's such a gulf in understanding between them. And what we come to understand as, as the movie goes on, we come to understand his anger. Mm-hmm. Um, because his dad is taken ill. He goes to a hospital. So Lloyd goes to the hospital with his wife to see him, and he just can't stand it. He can't handle it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he starts to explain to his wife why that is. You know, he said, because I watched my wa- my mum 
die in a hospital and I just can't stand them. I just don't want to go in one ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, we then later discover, I'm jumping around in time, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of explaining mm-hmm. why Lloyd is so angry about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We later discover when Lloyd makes a kind of peace with his dad who is dying, that his dad was um, sleeping around whilst his mum was dying of cancer, mm-hmm. which is pretty horrendous. Mm-hmm. And his dad does apologise for it and seems genuinely... Yeah, genuinely remorseful about it. So mm-hmm. they kind of make peace with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, he does talk to Mister Rogers about mm-hmm. a bit, to Fred Rogers, yeah, about his life and what he does. But but really, it's not really Fred Rogers' story. So as 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 the synopsis says, it it's Lloyd Vogel. It's his story. Mm-hmm. And, and Mr. The Rogers article was also is also well, yeah, it is. But apparently, the original article is a lot about his own life rather than Fred Rogers. So it's about mm-hmm. how Fred Rogers kind of unlocked him okay. thinking about his life. Okay, uh, because the way that Fred Rogers views the world is in a very empathic kind of way, mm-hmm. and in a very kind of you can't move on with your life unless you make peace with it kind of thing. Okay, okay. It's very kind of progressive thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's, you know, I think that Vogel thinks that Fred Rogers is not for real. He mm-hmm. thinks that it's all an act. Mm-hmm. And what he very quickly comes to discover is that it's not an act, that he is for real. So tell me more about this first meeting. Okay, so the first meeting is... Well, it's not even a meeting, actually. No, it's a telephone call. So he phones him at home. Fred mm-hmm. Rogers phones Lloyd Vogel at home and says, "Oh, mm-hmm. hi, Fred. It's uh, hi, Lloyd. It's it's Fred Rogers." And he says, "Oh, hello. Um, yes, I was supposed to phone you to make a, an appointment." He says, "Well, I'm here now. Why don't we talk now?" Which completely takes him off, you know, mm-hmm. knocks mm-hmm. him off his feet, takes him off guard, really, because. Mm-hmm. He's used to setting up meetings and he's used to having a very clearly defined schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Fred Rogers says, no, I'm available now. Let's talk now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what really... He's an angry man. He's easily upset. And even this little thing of Fred Rogers kind of upsetting mm. his routine sets him on edge. Mm, he's not prepared. and yeah, yeah. No, he's not ready. He's not ready for this at all. Um, and that And that kind of sets him... Against him immediately, really. It feels like Fred Rogers is sort of testing him a bit. Yes, yeah, him. absolutely. It does feel like that, yeah. Okay. It does feel like that. But when they finally meet, it's after the um, uh, the bust up at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And they meet, and uh, Fred Rogers is genuinely worried about, you know, he says, oh, what happened? What mm-hmm. happened to you? And he says, oh, I, he makes up, several different excuses for this. You know, one of them is like he walked into a wall or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fred Rogers makes a... Actually, no, it isn't Fred Rogers. It, it's um, Fred Rogers' manager, who's like a, a really protective guy. You know, he really protects Fred Rogers, mm-hmm. his reputation. He comments on his eye and his nose, and he says, I hope the wall didn't hit you back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, <clears throat> you know, he knows exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but he, he watches a recording. He goes to the studio and he watches a recording. And, and, and in one of the scenes, uh, it's like the end of the show, <clears throat> and Fred Rogers is trying to put up a tent, and he fails to put it up, completely fails to put it up. And the the director wants to cut the scene. He wants to do it again. Mm-hmm. And Fred Rogers says, uh, no, no, we should leave it in because... We need to we need to communicate that things don't always work out, mm-hmm. you know, which is uh, quite refreshing mm-hmm. in a way. Um, however, things don't go that well. Uh, Lloyd, um, sort of jumping around in time now. So uh, he, after he went to the hospital to see his dad, he hasn't had any sleep for ages. Uh, he goes back to the studio. <clears throat> and collapses on the set mm. and wakes up in um, in Mr. Rogers' house, his actual house. 
Okay. Where they, you know, sort of feed him and try and help him through his difficult time that he's going through. Um, and he asks, he asks Fred Rogers' wife <clears throat> about, you know, people refer to him as a saint. And she says, I, he doesn't like that word. You know, he's just doing what he does. <clears throat> he doesn't like to be known as someone special. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another scene in the movie when uh, they are traveling on a subway and a bunch of kids, one of them points to him and says, oh, look, it's Mr. Rogers. And the kids start singing the Won't, Won't You Be My Neighbor song, like the theme tune that he sings at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of other people join in. The police on the train join in. Some <laughs> construction workers join in. Like the tough-looking black kids at the back of the subway, they start joining in, and soon everybody is singing except Lloyd Vogel, <laughs> who just refuses to join in, looks positively embarrassed to be there, whereas everybody else, including Mr. Rogers, looks thoroughly pleased <laughs> to be singing this song, because he's singing along as well. Okay. And that's the kind of... I mean, whether that happened or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It kind of shows you the warmth that people feel for him. Um, and how Lloyd Vogel is quite repressed emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't express his emotions at all. Um, then the f uh, towards the end of the movie, after he spends the night at the Rogers house, um, so uh, Fred Rogers says, well, let's, um, let's go to a restaurant. And in the restaurant, uh, Rogers asks Lloyd to spend one minute just thinking about the people who loved him into existence. And the camera does actually hang around for a minute, just moving around the restaurant and just... Because there's quite a few people in there and some people have heard this, what Mr. Rogers said to him. And the whole place goes quiet and everybody <laughs> just kind of reflects for a minute and it just comes back and it's really effective it's really really very effective uh -huh. now um, so he then he delivers the article which is basically not at all what he was asked to do so he was asked to do just a profile piece yeah what he actually delivers is a much more interesting a much more in-depth piece about what Fred Rogers means for America and also okay. what Fred Rogers has meant for him. Right, a man he's right, only right. just met has actually yeah. kind of changed his life. Uh -huh. um, and at the end of the movie, we see after the, after, uh, after the, um, uh, after recording of a show, Mr. Rogers is alone in the studio and he's playing the piano and he mashes the keys really hard uh -huh. and then kind of just calms down. And that's him kind of, Expressing some emotion, I suppose, some frustration, right? Yeah, with maybe some recording that didn't go quite right during the day. Mm -hmm. um, yes, but then he plays normally, which signals the end of another beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Um, so I, summing up, when I heard about Damn, this what's, film, what's this? That last bit is that him showing that he's human yeah and flawed and and can express anger because you don't see him ever express anger or frustration okay. until the very end of the film but I don't, okay i don't understand how i'm supposed to understand that um like, well you understand it by his body language but no but i mean like what i'm supposed to understand from that like it, that he's actually like really angry and not and been repressing it or no 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 that he just knows okay I'm a bit frustrated and I'm just going to release it and then I'm going to move on with my life rather than living in a moment like Lloyd Vogel has been okay doing so you know Lloyd Vogel is still living in the moment of when his mother died right and he's still living in the moment of when his father slept around when his mother was dying mm -hmm. he's mm -hmm. still there mm -hmm. he hasn't moved on. Okay. At all, and but but meeting Mister Rogers and talking to him and and helps him 
to move on with his life. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, writing the article as well. So the article is not, mm-hmm. as I said, it's not at all what he was asked to do. But mm-hmm. actually, the editor says to him, I love it and we're going to run it. Right, right, right. So, you know, even though it's not what she asked him to do, she loves it. That works. Okay. Yeah, it works. Um, so, summing up, when I first heard about this and I heard that Tom Hanks was going to be playing Fred Rogers, who I did vaguely know about, I just thought it was like perfect casting, you know, just absolutely amazing casting, really. I mean, that sounds like his kind of role. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And his performance... I mean, he's not actually in it that much. Mm-hmm. He's very much a supporting character, but his performance is just note-perfect. Right. He doesn't look a lot like Fred Rogers. I mean, you see the real Fred Rogers very briefly at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't look a lot like him, but he has got his physical presence... And his mannerisms, and those are you know if you can get those mm-hmm. two things, mm-hmm. you can get away with an awful lot in terms of your appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthew Reese is just terrific as this kind of buttoned up, angry ball of tension, basically, mm-hmm. um, who slowly starts to unwind in front of us. Um, I really enjoyed this, really, really enjoyed it. I, th- mm. I found it to be very profound funny in places um very well made and uh yeah it's uh, it's a bit of a gem so a beautiful day in the you, neighborhood you, i interrupted you when you were about to say when you first heard about it you thought something no when i first heard what i was going to say was i did finish the sentence so when i first heard about it and i heard that tom hanks was cast i just thought that's oh perfect. sorry okay. okay that's perfect casting right. yeah I didn't really know what it was going to be about then, though. You know, when I first heard about it, I thought maybe it's just going to be a straight biopic. Right, right, right. But it's not. You know, it's not a straight biopic. It's, yeah. So he comes out of it as just a saint, like like people called him. Um, You could read it that way, or you could just read it as a man who wants, who just wants to, just wants to be a good man. Just nice. He's just a nice man. So I was a little bit tense all the way through waiting for him to be Oh, awful, to, be, really. to be outed as some horrible <laughs> yeah. person, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's no longer with us. He died a few years ago. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, his reputation is still untarnished. It wasn't actually awful. No. No. It's very good. I mean, it's, I'd say it's uh, on paper... With a title, and it's probably not the kind of film I would normally talk about, but it is suitably, I think it's notably quite surreal in places that you could consider it to be a, a genre picture of types. Okay. It so I think incredibly it's incredibly yeah. sentimental. Oh, it is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unashamedly so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but if, you can, get on bo- if you can get on board with it. No, no, it's never schmaltzy. So the scene I talked about in the diner is not schmaltzy. It's really right. powerful. It's really powerfully done. So that scene is actually inviting you to reflect. Yes, absolutely, because you are... You have to. You know, you, you have to do that. Unless you don't feel anything. You know. But if you do feel something, and you feel that maybe there's stuff in your life that hasn't been addressed, and you want to give thanks, then you do think about it. Yeah, for one it's very minute. powerful for one minute. Yeah, and then you move on with your life. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it did well at the box office as well, which is um, so it had a budget of twenty five million, and took sixty seven point eight. You know, it's not fantastic, but it mm-hmm. it made a bit of money. So um, it, that must have been on the back of people now having heard of this. Mr. Yes, absolutely, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, so Rogers, sorry. So there is I'm a Netflix. Honestly, <laughs> I know there's a Netflix documentary called "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood" as well. Okay, which is all about him. Um, well, actually, I'm not sure if it's a Netflix documentary, but it's on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, which is which is a straight documentary. So I think this came out not long after that. So that's quite fortuitous in that way. Right. right, right. Um. 
So, uh, interestingly, the director who made this, Mariel Heller, she made a movie called uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, which was her previous movie, which I've also seen, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, which we might talk about on a future pod, actually. I think it's probably worth it. Okay, okay. Um, very talented filmmaker. Uh, certainly assembled a terrific cast for this. Actually, uh, also of note in the cast is Chris Cooper, who um, who plays Lloyd Vogel's father. He, you know, he plays him for the most part as unrepentantly awful. <laughs> and then... Uh, finally, repents. begrudgingly repents. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know, he's but it's kind of like he's only repenting because he's dying. But actually, he does play him as pretty unsympathetic. Right. Um, for the most of the movie, he's a man <clears throat> who's basically spitting rage and vinegar at everybody. Um, okay. Anybody who an earshot, basically. So here's the question. Yes. Um, is this a film? That is for someone like Lloyd or someone like Mr. Rogers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, okay, so I can't answer whether it's for Mr. Rogers because I'm not someone like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> but I can say that I'm someone who's a bit like Lloyd. <laughs> so I could say that it's definitely for me. <laughs> right, 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 right. So that, that yeah. places it quite a lot of like... Why you like it? Like, if you're yes. identifying strongly with that, I character. I identify quite strongly with Lloyd. Yeah, right, 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 right. definitely. And it's certainly, you know, I can't say that it changed my life because it it didn't, but it did make me think about some stuff as I was mm-hmm. watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. I mean, it's really encouraging thought that, um, like if you if you're kind to someone, it might actually help them. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that that's Fred Rogers' whole thing, is just be kind to people. Just be nice to people. And that someone's interviewing you, but you have the presence of mind to notice something about them instead of thinking about what am I going to look like? How am I going to sound? Yes, exactly. Because, he's all, because Fred Rogers is always consistent. There's no side to him. There's no agenda. There's a lesson to be learned there about just... Just not being obsessed with yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But also having, you know, it's not that he doesn't take care of himself. He does take care of himself. And he's he's done very well in life out of out of this TV show. Um, but probably, you know, he probably could have um, done something else with his life and maybe earn more money. But he's very happy doing what he's doing. He's content. So, you know, yeah. there's this... Um, there's this Buddhism thing about, you know, you've got enlightenment and then you've got the other end of the scale, which is, you know, turmoil and unhappiness. And in the middle, you've got contentment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And contentment is hard to attain. It's hard to just be. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's there's a great deal of emphasis, particularly these days, on being incredibly happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not incredibly happy, then what are you doing? Um, but actually, just being content is is hard to attain and hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. And Fred Rogers does seem very content with his life. Um, which means he's working hard to be that way. Yeah. Something to aspire to, that, uh, like a situation like that where it's all about him, that he's yeah. on the lookout for someone else. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. We watched it on disc. Uh, I'm just going to see um, where it's available to watch uh, on the internets. Uh, this is where a man looks on something on the internet. <laughs> where to watch? Oh, uh, we wa- I've been watching um, Fantastic Mr. Fox with my daughter. Okay. The uh, movie? Which, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves it. Um, I don't think she understands anything that's going on in it. <laughs> um, but she loves it. I quite like to watch is... it, but I don't have an excuse at the moment. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's so good. In the neighbourhood. We watched, uh, yeah. we finished watching last night Ender's Game. Have you seen it? Oh, any good? 
Um, it was weird. Grumpy, Har- grumpy Harrison Ford. So Harrison Ford's really good. Is he? Okay. Um, we started reading the book, and we felt like it was very like there was like a glorification of violence in it that was really disturbing, and we decided to stop reading it. Okay. So we, we watched the film slightly cautiously because of that. The film was just, I guess, a bit much zoomed past that bit much quicker. Mm. Um, but the weird thing about the film was it's really short and it felt like it was kind of chucking an idea at you and then just moving on. Like it was really like... So you say it's short? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it, it, well, it felt... I don't know how short it was, but it felt like they were just like, oh, and then he went to the training academy. Oh, and then he had a big battle. Oh, and then... Oh, the, wow. I won't spoil okay. it. Um, <laughs> and, and, then it's, and then it's finished. You know, it felt really over summarized <laughs> or you know like you were reading a synopsis not what so it's a film. bit it's a bit light yeah okay and it, comparing it directly with um hunger games mm-hmm. um which i've watched recently i felt like that did a much much better job of taking a book and turning it into something that felt like it had substance hmm okay End this game. It felt like they were like, "Oh, you won't really get this if you didn't read the book. We're just showing you some bits." <laughs> like it was right, almost dismissive. It just—I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about it, but it, it, I haven't read the book. As I say, I just started it, but um, it seemed like it was over before it had really got started. Okay, maybe maybe they um, expected it to be a you know a franchise, and that maybe. didn't pay out. But if they were expecting it to be a franchise, they should have done, like, the first bit in more detail so they had more yeah. left, or I don't know. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. I think, I guess the point is, when you're when you're doing a film of a book, you do have to cut loads out and shorten it a lot. Maybe yes. they just went a bit far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're doing, like, a full-length novel, then you definitely have to trim it. Um, if you're doing a novella, then you can probably... Get away with yeah. a lot more, but mm. yeah, for a full-length novel, you definitely have to trim some narrative, yeah, which can be a problem. Yeah, so they're both yeah. young adult, by the way. That's why I was comparing it with. Okay, right. So they're both um, potentially like slightly surface level, like we were saying about Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of other um, recommendations actually. Oh, go for it. We watched whilst we were on holiday. Oh, wait, actually, um, before uh, you were looking something up on the internet, I, I interrupted. Oh, yes. So, um, where to watch? Uh, so, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood is available from multiple streaming services. Cool. Many, many streaming services. Many, many. Um, <clears throat> yes. So, a couple of things that uh, may not be on radar of listeners to this pod, but are recommended, and they are a new adaptation of Little Women. Uh, directed by, oh no, no, it's gone again. See, I, I just thought of Greta Thunberg. It's not Greta Thunberg. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna look it up. Um, it is Greta Gerwig. There you go. I've okay. done this before on this podcast. Yeah, that's the same one you've done before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's very, very good. Now, uh, caveat here is that I am not a fan of costume dramas generally. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has so much energy and such an amazing cast that it just draws you along. Just says, no, I don't care that you don't like costume dramas. You're going to like this one. Mm-hmm. It's really good, Little Women. Uh, the other one that's good is um, Armando Anucci's adaptation of David Copperfield. Okay. Uh, which, again, has a lot of energy. You know, sort of barrels along at a rare old pace. Has an, again, has an amazing cast. It's shot beautifully. I'm a big really, fan. Yeah, cool casting as well. So Dev Patel plays um, David Copperfield. Uh, so it's got a multi multiracial cast. Um, fantastic. Yeah, really enjoyed that. So there's a couple of recommendations for listener. If you one, haven't seen them. Yeah. One sort of recommendation, I guess. Yes. We're, on iPair, we've been watching Comedians, colon, Home Alone. Oh, I've heard that. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. so it's it's... Bits and bobs from different people. Okay. And it depends on the people. 
Right. So some of it's not so good. So it isn't the, the bit that makes the whole thing worth watching is every episode features uh, Bob Mortimer. Yes. Uh, doing cat names. So he <laughs> he, <laughs> he does that on Twitter. Oh, does he? <laughs> yes. So yeah. it's just a picture of a cat and then a name for that cat. That Fantastic. It's just immense genius. It's endlessly hilarious. And obviously, um, there's a whole load of um, contemporary comedians, contemporary-ish, um, and some of them are funny and some of them are not. Okay. If um, I What's it called again? Comedians colon Home Alone. Okay, I shall. Tim Tim Key is also a treat. Okay, I like Tim Key. Yeah. Um, other people that you like are on it, so you know if, you'll like um, them. If listener gets so is so inclined, uh, search up. Um, it's Reeves and Mortimer interviewing Sting <laughs> on one of their shows. I think it. I'm not sure which show it was. Might be the smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Uh-huh. Um, and Sting lasts about five minutes before he loses it completely. <laughs> uh, it's really good. It's really, um, really funny. Interestingly, yeah. surprisingly, Vic Reeves is also on, on this program. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, doing something, you know, that you would imagine that he would be doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's very good too. He is very good. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, the other thing, the other lockdown show that I liked a lot was... Um, uh, the Ranga Nation, okay, which I was all that. all virtual. So it's so it's him in a studio with everybody else via Zoom or Skype. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very very funny, but I think he is very funny. Mm, I like him. I like yeah. him. Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Yeah, I've heard that's good. Podcast recommendation yeah. for you, listener. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, there we go. There's some rambling there at the end. I mean, that's. Ramble, you ramble. say that as if we don't normally do that. No, we always do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always do that. We always do that. So there we go. A beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Some TV recommendations. I have no plugging. Do you have any plugging? You uh, need to plug your other podcast oh, yeah. that I don't oh, talk about. I'll plug my other podcast. Yeah, you do um, that. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we've now got, I think, five? Yeah, five episodes out. What? Of, uh, our new podcast, Justice Warriors. It's about like someone who worries about something. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of um, like Christians who are also like hand wringing liberals. Um, right. <laughs> is that enough for you? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just comparing you to like Christians who are not hand wringing liberals. So. Yeah. People well, that you wouldn't want to spend time with. Definitely. Uh, Christians who are hand-wringing liberals, um, wringing our hands about various issues. Yes. Um, yeah. We did the climate crisis, that was episode three. We've actually recorded, but not yet released, some episodes that I'm really excited about. Um, one entitled, Why Are You Still a Christian? Ooh, where, that's challenging. Where each of us talks a little bit about our own journey. Mm-hmm. And then a recent one where we interview our vicar, who... Uh, as I say on the podcast, like properly believes in God. Morning, so Vicar. That, that is really exciting. <laughs> uh, talking to her about um, uh, her life and her mission, but also her experience of uh, racism and okay, um, uh, and and her feelings about um, the the whole racial justice movement as it's been happening. I, so that's really exciting I, as well. I played a vicar in a play once. Did you? Yes. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think a, probably yeah, our vicar Esther would be, uh, probably has a different manner from the vicar you played in this play. Uh, I should think so, yeah. I was quite, <laughs> I was quite a bane. It was a, peri- it was a period piece though, so it was an Agatha Christie thing. But yeah, that is the longest one we've recorded. It's nearly two hours long because she does like to talk. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but it's good stuff. It's, it's really great. So I'm really excited about that one. But that, you'll, nice. listener, if you tune in now, you'll, you'll that one will be coming up, but it's not out yet. So, you know, you can be part of it. Oh, there you go. It's called Justice coming Warriors. Soon. You might be able to use your favorite search engine to search for Justice Warriors, spelled like someone who worries. Or you could go to justicewarriors.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Nice. 
Libsyn, it's like a podcast platform. Libsyn, it's like a podcast platform. Yeah, there's a bit of free mm-hmm. advertising for Libsyn, a podcast platform. <laughs> yes. Do they need that? I don't know. Maybe they should give me a free month or something. Well, maybe they will. I shouldn't think so. I'm just checking whether they're going to. No, they're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> but nice try. Yeah, so check out the new podcast. And also, I'm hoping to uh, do some uh, videos about Rust, which is a programming ah. language. But I'm, I'm massively over-promising by mentioning that because I haven't even started writing any of them. <laughs> so right. I might or might not do that. <laughs> I would definitely they, like to, but in lockdown, but, I have yeah. zero motivation to do anything. I can barely get myself out of bed, so it's very hard to to do something extracurricular like that. I find that children get you out of bed in the morning. Right, 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 right. Maybe yours don't. Mine definitely do. Mine, so long as I don't bother them, they don't bother me. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> A bit like um, the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah. If, if you don't That's move, he can't see you. Yeah. She, sorry, she can't see you. Is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're all female. Of course, or they're all they? female. Or are yeah. they? They yes. spontaneously change sex. They do because life finds a way. Life because, uh, finds a way. Apparently, life finds a way. Apparently, it does. Yeah. Is that yeah. the worst bit of science in Jurassic Park? I don't know. What life finds a way? Yeah. Um. No, the worst bit is getting DNA from Amber. That's just silly. Okay. okay. Yeah. I thought it was like theoretically possible. And yet, despite all that, it's one of my favourite movies. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I love we it. We recently rewatched the first three because we bought them for my son. Ah. As a DVD box set. And Yeah, I, th- I think the first one is great. I think the second one has its moments, and the third one is throwaway rubbish, really. But it does yeah. have a Spinosaurus, which is very good. Right, yeah. It, yeah. It, I, I couldn't really watch I guess it was the third one it was just like why am I doing this yeah it's not great not great I think the first one is still still stands up really well it's good it has it has <clears> the structure <throat> of a great film you know it like the way yeah. it all works it just works yeah absolutely and you know from the moment they st- set foot on that island if you even if you never read the book mm-hmm. you know it's all going to go wrong <laughs> You're just yeah. waiting for when it's going to go wrong. Yeah, the way the way it works is it just it's like clockwork, but in a in a comforting way, you know. It's just yes, yep. And it's got some great sight gags. So I'm thinking about Jeff Goldblum looking in no, uh, Bob Peck. Oh my, no, okay. So when they're in the jeep and mm-hmm. the T Rex is roaring at them from behind, and there's on the rear view mirror, no, the side mirror, it says. Objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear, <laughs> which is just <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> just a beautiful, beautiful sight gag. And the, the whole time and meticulous uh, stuff that they, they did to get the, the rippling water for the seismic shock. Yeah. It took them ages to get that effect. Right, right, um, right, right. I, I, love, I love the Stan Winston um Creature Studio, the T-Rex, you know, the actual animatronic T-Rex, it just looks incredible. Right, right, right. Um, Yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, because it was was basically known for its special effects when it came out. Yeah, so there is a fair bit of CGI in it, but the actual physical effects are astonishingly good. Yeah, but the effects don't particularly stand up, but because it's just a well-structured, well-plotted movie, it's good. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's a great movie. I'd happily watch it at any time, really. Yeah. I'd I'd happily watch Payback at any time. Yeah, you love Payback, don't you? Yeah. Payback. I haven't watched it for ages. Well, now's your chance. Plenty of time. <laughs> right. I'm off to watch Payback. Yeah, watch Payback. Is that it? I'm Batman. Have we dr- I'm Batman. Watch Payback. <laughs> Oh, bit of trivia. I was going to say, traditionally, when you say I'm Batman, that's the end of the podcast. No, but as as with the last pod, when saying <laughs> I'm Batman triggered a thought, it's triggered it again. <laughs> okay. So and the and what and the 
And the thing is, is that Michael Keaton might be playing Batman again. What? Yeah. Are they um, doing some kind of special Batman? No. So uh, there's there's a DC character called The Flash mm-hmm. who runs very quickly. That's his superpower. He runs fast. Okay. And he doesn't um, just wear a mask. <clears throat> ah, that's no, very good. No, no. Yes, very good. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm here all week. Try the chicken. <laughs> Tip your waitress. Um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so the, there's been a uh, movie of the Flash that's been in production for one well, pre-production for years and years. hasn't really got off the ground, mm-hmm. but recently some plot details have dropped in that things are moving forward. And one of those is that uh, the Flash will travel to an alternate dimension in which Michael Keaton's Batman is still Batman, and he'll be he'll be Bruce Wayne slash Batman, which I think is really cool. Wow. And, yeah. uh, listen, my eyebrows are raising and lowering in confusion and surprise. Yes. And I'm just thinking about Michael Keaton saying, um, as Bruce Wayne, you want to see nuts? Let's go nuts! Which is uh, quite a scary scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's it. I think I've exhausted my uh, impressions and <laughs> acting for one evening. Please, no. There must be more. Well, there'll be more next time. It's just for one evening. Uh, life uh, fa- finds a way. <laughs> Annoying. Could you just turn it down just that little bit, please? Okay. Uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> no, what I mean is, can you just stop saying that? Oh, okay, yeah. I'll stop now. Yeah. Stop being so... Annoying. So you. What is so name? me. <laughs> Not you. Him. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Jeff. Oh, come on, Jeff Goldblum Take in the Jeff fly. Take Jeff aside and say, Jeff, could you just be a little bit less Jeff? But Jeff Goldblum in the fly. Oh, you can be as Jeff as you like in the fly. Yeah, yeah but in Jurassic Park? In Jurassic no. Park, just turn it down. Just turn it down 75% of Jeff would have been fine. There's that amazing scene when they're in the chopper and he starts giggling in a really strange way, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> odd. It's so strange. It just seems completely out of place with what everybody else is doing. <laughs> but it works. It does. Maybe because I don't when, want him to be because any, when um, when John Hammond too. says um, uh, when when Ian Malcolm drops some bombshell about the fact that none none of it's going to work, mm-hmm. and uh, John Hammond says to to um, Sam Neill's character. I really hate that man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yep, you can see why. <laughs> yeah, he's annoying, isn't he? You should tone it down a bit. bit yeah, be a bit you should, uh, You're about at level 10 right now. We need you to be about level 2, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is easily enough. Yeah, that is it, yeah. <laughs> see, you've got me doing impressions again. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Listen, Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.